Hi guys, it's Sherrianna. Welcome to Emotional Detox. And if you're listening to this after December 24th, Emotional Detox for Anxiety is out and about in the world. It is available at all bookstores, including online. So I hope that you go out and you grab that book. Now, speaking of anxiety, I have a special guest today and she's going to talk about panic attacks. So if you are someone who has suffered from panic attacks, or if you've ever just had one panic attack, you have come to the right place today. So you're going to want to listen in. In addition, she has some other resources to share when it comes to general anxiety, as well as anything that's looking to be transformed. So um, panic attacks are what we're going to talk about, but I'm sure you're going to learn that this is uh, filled with tools today. So her name is, is Cheryl B. Inglehart. And Cheryl is a composer and a songwriter. She is the author of Luminary Music and Affirmations for Mindfulness, Focus, and Growth. The New Yorker received degrees in biology in music from Cornell University. I've been there. <laughs> Studied orchestration at Juilliard, then began her tenure as a composer for films, ads, theater, and choirs, as well as a touring pop recording artist. She is co-writing the Broadway music Boiler Room Girls, a Kennedy story from the 60s, as well as collaborating with social justice choirs across America to create pieces of impact. Her successes as an independent musician make her a sought-after speaker on music business panels and podcasts. She began an online series of programs in the key of success to help other musicians find fulfillment in their creative careers through powerful communication and self-awareness. Cheryl, here we go, guys, turned to creating music specifically for mindfulness after her decade of, of struggles with panic attacks. And first of all, Cheryl, welcome to Emotional Detox. Thank you. You're welcome. I Before I forget, can you just say what your website is? I don't have it actually right yeah. now. Yeah. A, uh, com. Oh, perfect. I love that. <laughs> and, and that is your latest album. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yep. And I, I have a couple of things, Cheryl. I have had one panic attack in my life. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Also, are you, maybe you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and it was on my honeymoon. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> right. Got it. So, yeah. yeah. And the effect that had on me for the rest of my life, because it really does, it leaves a residue, right? It happened to be on a boat, right? On my honeymoon. And I've been married for 21 years and I still 
think about that moment. I was on that boat having that panic attack. And, and so I, I can go on boats and I'm, I'm, I can do fine there, but I can't imagine a decade, a decade. A decade okay. And that, yeah, for me, they were, they were almost once a month, um, for a decade, there was a little bit of time in there where not, um, for a variety of reasons, like about three years into having these panic attacks, my father passed away and that whole year I didn't have any, but I cried a lot. It was a very different kind of emotional thing. So that was interesting. And then they sort of came back and, uh, a lot of up and downs. And I, you know, I had them, I wasn't like a, one of those kids that thought they were invincible. You know, I was very aware of the mortality possibilities of my parents. And, um, and I, and I had a panic attack. I remember my, I think it was probably my first one when I was like 13, I was babysitting like a mile down the road from my house and, um, the kid had gone to sleep and I called my mom thinking I had like a heart problem. And, you know, I, I don't think I called it a panic attack or anxiety attack or whatever you want to call it. And for me, those actually were sort of interchangeable and looking at definitions, it's hard to sort of distinguish which one is which, but I, I had it back then. And then I had it in my early twenties. I had one when I was on tour in Europe, we were on a, a like sort of a tram bus between one flight terminal and another in, I think it was in Zurich. And I just started, I was with my band. They were like brothers to me. I, like, I feel like sometimes I have no reason, which I think is a common, it comes out of nowhere, but uh, yeah. And then I turned uh, 29 and I had this big goal get a Grammy by 30. Like everything was Grammy by 30. Like my passwords for everything online was Grammy by 30. Like I'm like, it was like obsessive Grammy by 30. And then I was, you know, it turned 29 and the sort of reality hit of like how far away I was from hitting that. And, um, and I don't know if that played into it. I started, uh, you know, I started dating my now husband. It was a long distance relationship. He's a mountain guide. He did all these scary things. So just being in the music industry, not knowing what was next, there's so much unknowns. And I didn't realize it was that I was struggling with anxiety until I, was going to, uh, I, I went to a bunch of different doctors. Like I tried like an O type diet. I tried, you know, I, I got like a camera down my throat. Cause for me, what panic attack looked like for me is, uh, almost like I, like I'm sick. Like I had food poisoning. <laughs> like it's very physical. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's like, get it all out of the body. Like it, it's definitely like a, a release for me, um, physically. And I, I thought I had some new allergy to milk or something. I mean, I drank like a gallon of milk at the doctors and they came back and they're like, you could drink an entire like herd of cows. You're so not allergic to lactose. And I was like, okay, cool. Got it. <laughs> um, but that doctor, the endocrinologist was like, what's going on in your life? And he was the first one that sort of brought in this, that there was a mental uh, element to what mm-hmm. could have been going on for me. And from there, it kind of all made sense. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's interesting. And, and the thing about panic attacks, you know, I, I mean, so much of anxiety is genetic. A large part of it can be there's a genetic piece to it. Not all of it, of course. Um, I remember when my, one of my daughters called me from high school and she was in the bathroom having a panic attack. Mm. And the challenging part of, of supporting her from there on is that some people I remember didn't believe her, Mm. right? Because you can look perfectly fine. You know, if you're well put together kind of person, you know, um, I remember calling her, t- she was texting me saying, I'm about to have a panic attack. And then I called in and the teachers and the nurse went down and said, she's perfectly fine. She's fine. 
And I, and I said, she's not fine. Right. She's texting me. She's not fine. And so I've, you know, I've had that aspect of supporting someone who's going through panic attacks and it's interesting, right. That, um, I mean, has that, can you relate to that story of of people not believing you or maybe minimizing it's all in your head? And well, I mean, it's all in your head. When someone says that to you, first of all, it's, um, it's technically true, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) it's not said from a place of helpfulness, right? Like, so when someone's like, it's all in your head, it's, it's minimizing it because we have it in, I think in our culture, in our society that like all in your head means it's not physical, therefore it doesn't count. Um, and that's why I talk openly about this. I, I, you know, I, I talk to a lot of musicians about their music careers and I always bring in my story of anxiety because I do have a cool career. I have a lot of things going for me. And I think that from the outside, it's like, oh, you're not someone who gets these. And I'm like, Mm. 1000% I am. (laughs) And, uh, to try to debunk that it's all in your head. And instead of being like, it's all in your head, therefore it doesn't count, but it's all in your head that's so empowering. It's all in your head, meaning let's, let's do some work so that we can get a handle on what's going on up there. And, and most people don't say it's all in your head coming from that place. They're, they're saying it coming from the, it doesn't count place. (laughs) Um, for me, most of my anxiety attacks and, and panic attacks happened at night when I was not around people. So I rarely had to, um, leave. Uh, there was, there was one that was, uh, probably two years ago, one of my last ones. And I'll tell you why it was my mm, last one. Of my last yeah. ones. I was in an event in New York city and, um, like a Broadway show event. And I, I n- rarely get it around other people. I don't have social anxiety. Um, I don't love being at social events. All the- I am in a uh, very sociable introvert. I would call myself. Um, but yeah. I, I was at this event and I had to go to the bathroom and I felt it coming on and all the things happened. And I was like, okay, so we're just, you know, we know that they pass and I just, and you, you know, you kind of forget that in the moment, but, um, that was the only one that really was in public. Um, so most of the time I didn't have to convince someone that it was happening. Um, uh, my husband has been around for some of them. He, I believe has been the cause of many of them, (laughs) but that's (laughs) a whole other story, but you know, it's interesting that he's a mountain guide. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he is definitely like, you know, even keeled when it comes to that sort of stuff, but not yeah. other things. So, you know, the unpredictability of like the relationship. And then, you know, there have been points where I've, I was having anxiety attack and he was around at night and I would try to get him to say something or to go back on something in, in an argument from earlier or something. And like, I, I thought that he could fix it um, gotcha. to just increase that anxiety. And he just didn't, he, he would always say, listen, you have to like, I'm here, but you have to handle this yourself. And like, he really wouldn't like give me what I, cause I don't think he thought that it would help. Um, and he's probably right. Um, because it's, it's not about having someone else fix it as much as I yeah. thought I needed to hear something specific. Um, yeah. What yeah, you, I, do, I do get that. What, how has your relationship changed today? Does he now know how to, what, what's it like today? Are you panic attack free? Are you, I mean, I know we're skipping a big part of how you got <laughs> yeah. to that place. Um, but I'm just, we'll, we'll talk about that. What have you learned about? Well, I learned that him. Yeah. Well, um, I don't think he was someone that was willing to be educated about it. I, he, mm. he, he definitely like gave me space, which I think is the, was the best thing that I could kind of get. Okay. Um, and you know, if there was a, you know, when we, I, I'm one of those people and I was like this with jobs and like 
past boyfriends and all this stuff when like, if something like doesn't rub me the right way, I'm like, I'm out of here. Like that was sort of like my MO is I'm out of here. <laughs> like, so when you're married, that's way harder to do because of the whole <laughs> vow thing. So oh, I think yeah. that that conflict was for me. So if we would have an argument about something, um, or he said something that I thought he was being a jerk about or whatever, you know, people are human. Um, my, I'm out of here would kick in, but then the whole, like, you can't. Would, You're married. And then I'm like, but then does that mean I need, and then I would go into the whole, like, what, what does the future mean? And for me, anxiety really is about questioning the future and not knowing uh-huh. um, what yeah. the future is. And I, I did this uh, one very cool, like sort of women's empowerment business retreat, but it had this one meditation, like a visualization meditation where you go to this house and she sort of guides you down this river through a boat and below your eyes are closed. You go into a house and then you're, you're, you're like 90 years old and your 50 year old self shows up and gives you a present. And mm-hmm. I was there with a friend of mine and her, her, her past self gave her a pen and she's a writer and she hasn't been writing a lot. It was such a beautiful, mm-hmm. like my person gave me a crystal ball. Ooh. Because that is all I ever, I'm like, I just want to know how this is going to turn out. <laughs> Am I making the right choice? Like that, that was, and I think that was a big source of my, my anxiety, just all these unknowns. I never know where my next money is coming from next month. Like, am I going to get a licensing deal? Is my music going to be here? Like, it's just a lot of big unknowns. Um, so when it came down to the, the marriage, something that I thought was solid when I do my stuff of I'm out of here, you know, the anxiety kind of kicks in and is like, that is in conflict with the, the predictable future that was there. So so you have an awareness now. You, you're, you're, it's almost like you're watching what you do, right? Yeah. You're watching the cycle that if I mm-hmm. want to run or I want to get out of here, that you can almost see yourself how you do it. Yeah. Right? And I can say this is, this is my stuff right now. Mm-hmm. Like, so, like he's doing his stuff. I'm doing my stuff. Or I'm, you know, when I'm I, right now, I'm working on promoting my new record luminary. And so when I'm, I'm like, oh gosh, it's not going to, be as big as the last record, or it's not going to do the things that I want it to. It's not going to hit the billboard charts. It's not going to do like, and I start to think of like, Oh my God, what can I do? What can I do? And if I'm just sitting there, not doing anything, but just sitting the, the lack of action for me also causes anxiety. Oh, interesting. So interesting. when I, yeah. So when I can have something to do yeah. that is productive, not just spinning wheels to do, cause there's definitely a lot of us out there that, um, like to look busy, but keep it's busy, right. That, that keep busy, right. Yeah. Yeah. The keep busy, but keep busy in an effective, intentional and smart way versus just Mm. keeping busy and spinning wheels. Um, so I think that that, that is pretty important for me. Yeah. And I'm thinking of, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking of men and women with small children, (laughs) right. Who, who say, okay, yeah, that's, that's great to be intentional, but I have these children, right. Mm -hmm. Hanging on me and I can't move. Right. And why, and missing that freedom, right. That freedom to be creative and the freedom to have a little independence. Cause it's interesting. You said what I needed from my husband was just a little space. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think so many of us can relate to that. I mean, I remember when my children were little, feeling that I just need to be able to breathe, <laughs> breathe yeah. a little breathing space, just a little me time, not much, just enough to just feel like me again. Right. Yeah. And, and, and you can see, um, I, I, I can so relate to that productivity. Yeah. And I thought, I don't think productivity necessarily means that you are able to close a door and get online and do go do things or create something or write something like, I think for those people that have a, 
kid or two or three hanging on them. I think that the, the action, the doing, if that's something that would actually quell the anxiety, it could just be asking for help. Mm. It could just be saying to someone, Hey, can you take this child off of my leg? I don't have kids. So, um, mostly yeah. for this reason that you're talking about, it's not inspiring to me, but, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that, uh, I do get that, that, um, asking for help can be the action that actually and maybe it's to take the kids for an afternoon or maybe it's it's to to do the thing that you would like to do but are unable because you're tending to the kids. But just asking for help, it actually is an action. And I think a lot of people sort of poo-poo that uh, mm, idea of so true. doing the work, uh, doing the thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how have you changed in the last? So you, you had panic attacks for a decade. Yeah. Where What was the turning point for you? And I sort of came to this realization, um, probably, so I'm about to turn 40, uh, probably a month after this airs and <laughs> I, Oh boy. Oh boy. And yeah. around, around 37, 36, 37, I, I was sort of in this place of like, I, uh, my husband, and I did try for about two years to have kids. It didn't happen. So we sort of, I was sort of making some big life decisions and being okay with them and really choosing things for myself. And, uh, I realized that I was, I was still suffering around the panic attacks. And so I, I kept track for a year from when I was 37 to 38, I kept track of, um, I had this like a uh, year calendar on one page. So it was tiny little dots. And I basically had color coded it. I kept track of my period. I kept track of when my husband was away. Cause he travels six months out of the year when he would mm. leave in the day he would come back. I would mark, mm. I wanted to see if there was something about, um, that I, I, kept track of when we had arguments and I kept track of days where I really felt truly happy. Um, and I, and I don't have, um, general anxiety, which is, I believe they define it as when you're feeling anxious more than a majority of the month. I don't know the exact number. That was not me. It would be, I'm happy the majority of the month. And then I would have these debilitating panic attacks where it's like I got food poisoning and then I'm recovering for two or three days mm-hmm. and it like takes me out of the game, right? I'm calling yeah. my friends. I'm trying to get coaching from a lot of my friends or coaches and therapists. And, and I'm just not talking about my career. It's all about the panic attacks. And, you know, so it's really, it was that, that was sort of my experience. Yeah. So I took a look at these Things. And I did see the correlation with um, arguments and things around my relationship. Um, yeah. And I realized how much weight I put on the relationship yeah. um, and what a burden that probably was for him. Mm. And possibly one of the causes of some of the, the tumultuousness. Um, so yeah. what, what I started doing was like, okay, I need to start looking at myself and sort of getting, I'd never had a routine. I work from home. I have a studio. I am, you know, constantly composing for very different projects, which is great. I get bored easily. That's sort of been my thing forever. Mm-hmm. Um, this is why I studied biology and music at Cornell. Like I just, Oh, there's always a couple things going on. Sure. Um, so I created a morning routine. I had started to do some reading about around gratitude practices and the science, you know, having been a biology dork, I definitely got into the the numbers and the the proof that, that creating gratitude practices every morning, listing three things, noting what was your favorite moment in the past 24 hours so that your brain starts nice. looking for that. Um, so I'd write mm-hmm. that down, that moment, the 24 hour moment. Yeah. I call it, I started, uh, today is day hundred day 550 of, uh, five minutes minimum of a meditation Wow. and, uh, and yoga a five minute yoga. I, most okay. Of so, so let me, more. let me get this. So you, you're, you developed a morning routine. You yeah. realized when you looked at your chart, you realized 
the impact of arguing with your husband had a lot more influence on you than you realized, yeah. right? Oh boy, can so many people relate to that one, right? Um, so you started a morning practice of a gratitude practice, three time, three things that you're grateful for, mm-hmm. and then a highlight of one of them. Yep. Is that the past correct? 24 hours, what was your favorite moment? What was your favorite moment? And honestly, like, yeah. honestly, people, sometimes yeah. it was like when I went to bed. Like, yeah. there yeah. were some days where I was like, I can't think of anything, but then I was like, <laughs> I, you, like you, it forces yourself to find like one good thing. When uh-huh. I, my head hit the pillow, that yeah. is, that's the best moment. So awesome. And then you did, yeah. so you did that. And then you did some yoga about how long did you do yoga? I would do a five minute, like down Perfect. dog sequence, like just to get out of my head and into my body a little bit. And I, I've always suffered. I was on a crew team in college. And since then, like my lower back has always been issues, has yeah. issues they show up more when I'm in it with my husband. I'm telling you like this, this relationship is like, it's either going to kill me or it's really, I think it's really (laughs) making me stronger. Like he, he's one of those people where he does not, he does not put up with me being less than what he knows I can be. And I really think that I would be a raging bee. I'm not sure if I, (laughs) um, if I married someone else who, who was this like gentle, yes, dear, whatever you say, Mm. the person and he's not, and he, you know, he doesn't have the best communication. He challenges you. He challenges your growth, right? It Mm -hmm. does. Absolutely. So I think that that, that's been Nice. Good for me to look at. And I think I would not have gotten a morning routine if I wasn't really looking at like, what is causing all this? And the morning yeah. routine, I mean, I have been more productive in my career. Like things are showing up because of that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so that was two years ago, or okay. I'm sorry, 550 days. So however, almost two years. Amazing. I mean, really, hey, we got to soak that up, girl. Well, that's the, amazing. I mean, it would not be amazing if nothing happened, if I still had all the things. The amazing sure. thing is that two months after I started, I had my last panic attack. I have not oh, had two months attack since. I have had anxiety. I have felt low level anxiety sort of creep in. Yeah. I have um, definitely pulled myself out of whatever I was doing to go do a five minute or 10 minute meditation. Yeah. Um, I use the app Simple Habit and uh, they actually just added my luminary music with congratulations affirmations, affirmations to it. So now I listen to myself on the app, which is Isn't that, yeah. And I'm on that too. I'm an expert on Simple Habit as well. I love them. They're yeah. so great. Yeah. So, so that's, yeah. that's super fun to be yeah. able to do that. But I'm, I, you know, I, I'm not saying the anxiety went away or the fights went away or anything like that went away mm-hmm. or like having to work at a marriage or a career or anything. That's mm-hmm. all still there. But yeah. what's, what's there is that I have, what's, what's not there anymore is the burden of you have to be the reason to fix this. Cause there's no power for me. If I'm saying you're not saying the right thing, you're causing this anxiety attack. You're mm. you have to fix it because if they're inequipped to fix it, anybody in your life, you know, some, sometimes yeah. it happens with my mom, like they're not, they don't have the training I have. They don't have the insight into who I am that I have. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's irresponsible for me to say, I need you to fix this. So yeah. I needed to figure out how to fix it and, um, be responsible for it and really be the, be the person who can see myself. So if I can see me and don't need someone else to get me, then that takes a lot of the, the pressure off of them. And then there's no, there's not that desperation of you need to act a certain way, see me a certain way, then there's, that's just not there. So yeah. what's there in its place, something else will show up, right? Cause the universe right. hates a vacuum. So if you take out that need to be seen from other people, then mm. you know, love partnership, like all sorts of other stuff can show up. I don't know what it is. It's probably something different, fun. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. So, if, so again, we'll repeat that. So what she's saying is if you take, 
the need to be seen out. That's interesting. The need to be seen. Um, yeah, this is what a great story. And, you know, thinking, of course, I've got my emotional detox hat on over here. And I'm, I'm, I'm always that, you know, the need to be seen from an emotional detox perspective would be a reaction, right? It would be a way that we suppress the whatever's coming up to be healed. And there's always something coming up to be healed, guys. And every single day that, that we're not going to get through a day without something showing up. <laughs> Right. It's just we're we're souls first. And speaking of souls, so one of the things that I was excited about when you and I connected and I, I did listen to you, she has little demos of her music on, on your website, right? And so you can hear it. It's absolutely beautiful. I mean, yeah. really, if there's um yoga teachers out there or just people that are looking for quality spiritual music to meditate with to sit with to play in your home uh, highly recommended I really um, enjoy enjoy it very much but the thing that you and I have in common is you talk about the hum hmm. I, somewhere uh-huh. in your stuff yeah and I don't know if you've ever seen any of my emotional detox books not until this, at this week point. I haven't no Okay. All right. Well, um, I one, you know, the hum is in there, Hmm. the hum, the significance of the hum. And so when I saw you talking about the hum, I was like, Ooh, ooh, I like this. I like what's happening here. So, um, tell us about music and healing and, and that aspect of everything luminary. Thank you so much for listening, first of all. And, um, I, I recorded it this past summer in this tiny little a half abandoned mountain town in Greece. I was there for an artist residency and it was this gorgeous grand piano in a stone room. And I wasn't planning on doing a record there. And then I started playing it and I started recording a couple things. And, and I knew that I had wanted to create some sort of music for mindfulness at some point this year. And then when I sat down there, I was like, okay, we're ha- it's happening in this two weeks. Cause I knew I could not recreate the sound of that room anywhere else in any studio. So I was like, mm. Great. so I put the focus cap on and I, I knew I wanted to walk away with 10 six minute tracks. And I worked with um, a couple yoga instructors to actually order the album in the order that would really play for a good hour long yoga class um, Mm -hmm. in terms of energy. Um, And what it, what the music is, it's just uh, a piano. And then I would do some breath stuff for a little rhythm on a couple tracks. I would hum, do a little bit of, uh, there's no lyrics, but some Mm. like oohs and ahs there. (laughs) There's one track where I had to it was kind of like, Ooh, just kind of like that. And then all the stray dogs would start barking. So I'd have to wait five minutes for them to <laughs> record the thing again. They would all start howling back at me. Um, guess what the fact that is. Uh, and, and then it, I also had a bell with me, a meditation bell. So I, and, and what I did was I, I would pluck the piano strings and then I reversed the audio. So it sounds like there's a cello. It sounds like there's an oh. element, but it's all just piano in my voice. And the idea being we are the source of our own power, happiness, whatever. And the, the yeah. music, even though it sounds more robust than it is, uh, because it's just this, this very organic, you know, acoustic raw, raw source. I love it. Wow. Um, I, did, I did play a little bit with, um, when I was sort of mixing the music, meaning putting all the tracks together. And when I was doing that sort of audio manipulation, I, I would play, if you listen with headphones, you'll hear in some tracks that one of the hummings or one of something starts on the left side of the body. And then by the end of the track, it ends yeah. up on the right side. 
Mm-hmm. And I had done some some work and and got really interested in in the sort of feminine and masculine sides of the body and um, you know ha- running running a house when my husband's gone and running my own music business and all this stuff I, I tend to really put on the masculine um, the fighter and uh, you know my work is to to let the feminine come through lean back all that stuff um, so I really like the idea of uh, and I don't remember where I read this but you have to actually activate the feminine in mm. order to to power the masculine. So if the, if the feminine is not activated, that's the only word I can think of. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not activated. The masculine is sort of going to be like flailing and it's never pretty. <laughs> um, and I, I know what that looks like for me. It looks like something different for everyone. So I, I was thinking, okay, let's have the music start on the left side and sort of in a way to activate that the feminine and generally thought nice. of as to be on the left side of the body and then goes to the right. So I played with some very subtle energetic things in the, in the, the album and the other the other thing I really wanted to create was when I would listen for meditation music or meditation audio. Um, I often found myself like being very bored, wanting to go to sleep, or my to do lists would and that anxiety would come back and they wouldn't mm-hmm. help. And I realized it was because they were sort of these like um, like drone music mm-hmm. versus meeting me where I was emotionally. Mm-hmm. So many of the pieces sort of sound a little little darker, little maybe a little sadder in the beginning. Um, and, and I wanted to sort of latch on kind of like a ski lift, like he picks you up and, mm. boop, and then takes you up and then takes you on this journey to a place of more peace or happier yeah. hope or so each within the six minutes, it's definitely a journey. And, um, I've and I love them the six minutes. Like yeah. The six minutes is great. Right. Yeah. It gives you just that enough time to really take you through a process there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it works a, a, an hour as well, or, or two, because each song sort of runs into the, if it ends with a bell, the next one starts with a bell. They're all in different keys and tempos and things like that. So it does feel mm. like 10 individual tracks, but you can listen to it as one flow. Wow. Um, now, can, where do you suggest, where can people get Luminary? Um, by the time, when this comes out, it will probably still be in pre-order, which means if you just go to com, which is how the the spoken version, the spoken words version that I have, uh, each affirmation series ends with I'm a luminary, um, uh-huh. whether it's about abundance or love or whatever. Um, so I'm a luminary.com. We'll have all the info there. Uh, it's, it's available for pre-order anywhere you get music. You can listen on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon. Nice. Um, those are the best ones. Uh, so if you're listening after February 7th, which is when the record comes out, it, it's available anywhere nice. you listen to music. Um, the, the, the best thing to do is to, to pre-order it because when you do, um, and you send, uh, if you pre-order it through Bandcamp, uh, it's only $5. First of all, I think that's the cheapest you can get it anywhere, oh, but yeah. I also yeah. send you all of the, the spoken affirmations on top of the music for free when ah, you purchase it there. Um, nice. so I'm, I definitely, and, and some wall art for your phone, like peaceful, you know, art you can download for your, the background of your phone and stuff like, so there's a bunch of little bonus goodies. If you go through wow. the iamilluminary.com website. Wow. Thank you so much. And, and it really is, but I hope that everybody listening takes it all in. So I just, I just want to recap here. So really think about giving ourselves space, right? That was where we began and knowing how important that space is and to, to, listen to your body and to take action and be productive, but be clear on what productive is. It isn't just about staying busy, right? There's, there's some intention there, guys. Um, sounds like a morning routine, right? And so she gave you tips on morning routine, gratitude, um, the three things, and then also, you know, what your favorite of the three things was, some yoga, 
and breathing and stretching and also, you know, that spontaneity, right? I love the way you created this, this piece of music. You felt it and you just did it, right? You just, but that's what happens when you have a, when you have energy moving in your body, guys, it just happens. And, and it's when we're in a state of emotional flow and that's why, you know, in emotional detox, I always say this, the, it's not just about a detox. It's an, it's a formula for manifesting. Mm. So it's like you get two, two in one there. Um, and so, um, anything else, any final tips for, for folks out there before we wrap this up that's coming up for you now, or I'm, I'm a big fan of sort of in setting intentions for the day. Um, I, if you, want in the mornings on Instagram at I am a luminary, the, the, that is the account for this. I am posting, uh, an affirmation a day and I sort of choose them by, based on what's, they're all, they're all the, come from the, the ones that I've already recorded, but they, they're sort of, uh, chosen by what I'm going through. So you kind of, we can kind of go through our ebbs and flows of things together and, mm. you know, choose, choose something to kind of stick with us for the rest of the day. And just something to say to, I, I think we, our inner voices don't often they're not often positive. I don't think we think about ourselves in a overtly positive way. So um, mm. that's why I'm so attracted to affirmations, even something simple like I am kind and mm. uh, nothing too esoteric, although it's fun to sort of get, you know, I am the source of my own light in, and then interpret <laughs> yeah. it how I, you know, I love a little sure. bit of a balance of those. So yeah. I, I would say if you can, if you can be mindful and intentional, that seems to be the word that keeps coming back to you about who, who you want to be for the day. I think that that can be a reminder maybe sets the tone right on the computer yeah sets the tone for the day and and Cheryl I just want to say thank you for your vulnerability and for being so honest about your your relationship with your husband the arguments I think really appreciate that I think that's so helpful for people to see that vulnerability and willing to talk about stuff that we all go through right that we all feel and and giving us all these wonderful tips today. So thank you so much. And we look forward to your good luck with your release. And I'm definitely going to be downloading your stuff. Um, And I just want to say to my audience out there, remember that your emotions matter. Processing them matters more. Until Mm -hmm. next time, be well, everybody. Thank you for listening. To learn more about the Emotional Detox live group coaching sessions and all of Sherrianna's books, go to sherriannaboyle.com.